podcasting from my sex writing cave where all the smut happens in real life in my head or on paper this is the smut lancer podcast a weekly show where we discuss writing and creating content about sex and getting paid to do it i'm your host and fellow smut lancer kayla lords welcome to episode 32 this week i'm back from a hiatus and i'm sharing an interview i did with molly moore all about eroticon a conference for sex bloggers erotic writers and anyone creating content about sex and it was a life-changing experience when i went and i'm hoping that if you ever get a chance to go, it will be a life-changing experience for you, too. This is your first time listening. Glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. The Smutlancer podcast is produced every Wednesday, and show notes are found at thesmutlancer.com. Follow me there or on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at thesmutlancer. This week's episode is brought to you by QuickBooks Self-Employed. Want to have a better way to keep track of all your income? Do you need help tracking how much you owe in quarterly taxes? Are you looking forward to the day when you make enough to even keep up with your taxes? I use QuickBooks Self-Employed for all that and more. It's an invoicing system, a reporting tool, and a great way to keep up with receipts and payments. I use it to figure out how much I've made for the year, to project how much I will make, to keep track of expenses for my taxes, and to actually pay my quarterly taxes. Even if you don't need to do all of that yet, it's great just for tracking your income, no matter how big or small. Save 50% off the cost for 12 months by using my special link. Uh, that's bit.ly slash smutlancer, B-I-T dot L-Y slash smutlancer, or just use the link in the show notes. You can pay as low as $5 a month to access it for a solid year. Okay, y'all, I'm glad to be back from hiatus, and I'm ready to have more conversations with y'all about the smutlancing life. Uh, Eroticon 2019 is only a few months away though, and it's something, like I said before, it's changed my blogging life, my career, the way I look at what we do, the way I feel about uh, creating content about sex. So yeah, I'm a fan. <laughs> and if this sounds like a big commercial for Eroticon, guess what it is, it totally is. Uh, I'm passionate about it, I believe in it, I wanna be a part of it, I am happy to be a part of it, both for Eroticon 2018 and now going into Eroticon 2019. I also loved doing this interview with Molly Moore because she's not only a brilliant sex blogger, she is a wonderful friend of mine. She's a good human being. More of us need to know who she is. And if you are not following her, if you really need to, and after this episode, you will really, really want to. Um, yes, this episode is longer than normal. Uh, there's a good reason for that. I think it was a good conversation and we had a lot to talk about um, with Eroticon. And if you can't make it to 2019, especially if you're like me and you're here in the States, it is a very expensive trip. I totally get that. Um, if this piques your interest, then definitely start planning and saving for 2020. Maybe some of that uh, blogging and book writing and sex writing and smut lancing income will help you get there. Okay, let's get into the show. Okay, everybody. We are here. It is a Smut Lancer podcast because of course it is because I'm back and I'm not just back by myself first podcast after a hiatus what the fuck have i got i've caught molly moore from eroticon first of all if you haven't heard molly moore's name on this podcast there are 31 episodes you should go listen to i've probably mentioned her in all of them uh if you're not aware of what eroticon is you should go back and listen to the other podcast because i have mentioned it but whether you are in the u.s and you think going to something like eroticon is completely out of uh, out of your, it's completely not an option, or you are in the UK and you're like, yeah, but maybe this eroticon thing isn't for me. We are talking about it today, and I am talking with my wonderful, wonderful friend Molly Moore, who is one of the organizers of Eroticon. Hello, Molly. Hello. Oh my 
god, I feel like you like super bigged me up and now I'm all like flustered. You are super bigged up because I love you and I tell everybody almost every week how much I love you. There's a little bit of fangirling going on where when you're not even in the room. So <laughs> we might just have to be silly and goofy together because now we get this opportunity. Uh-huh. Well, I remember back a long time ago, the very first podcast we ever did together was actually my little podcast that doesn't exist anymore, which was called The Kiss Cast. And I contacted you and was like, you know, do you want to be on it? You hadn't started your podcast at that point. And we did a recording together. And I think it like we intended it to be like 45 minutes or something. And we spoke for like nearly an hour and a half. And even then we had to like decide that we must stop because otherwise we would be speaking for three days. So... Uh, that was like the beginning of us talking and we've never really stopped since. No, because even when we're not talking by Skype, we are still <laughs> talking in some way. Yeah. So let's see. Let's start first with the very, very basics of okay. who are you? Because I know who you are and many listeners probably know who you are, but not everybody will know who you are. So who the hell are you, Molly Moore? So who am I? Well, I started... Um, in this genre, I guess, um, as a sex blogger uh, with mollysdailykiss.com, which I still do now, which is coming up on its 10th year. So, like, this is, will be, at the end of this year will be my ninth anniversary. So, only a year to go and I'll have been doing this for 10 years. Um, so, yes, started off with that and then developed a whole load of other projects. Um, Simple Sunday is one of them. Um, and that kind of just grew and I managed to somehow, uh, by a miracle and a lot of hard work, um, turn it into being able to kind of be my career. So, um, from writing a little sex blog about, you know, my, uh, adventures into being a submissive woman has led me down this whole garden path um, of an amazing world full of amazing friendships and stuff like that. So so that's kind of me as a blogger. Um, obviously now I do, I have Simple Sunday and Kink of the Week and we also run Elust and um, other things that I've forgotten right now. And that's okay. <laughs> we will link to every one of them in the show notes because if you are a sex blogger out there and you are not participating in at least one of these things you are absolutely missing out on growing your audience oh my gosh the only reason masturbation monday exists is because i stole the idea from you molly and then marie <laughs> rebel of, of wicked wednesday and rebels notes so yes i'm huge uh, advocate for just doing all of the blogging memes and to grow your audience and always have something right. to blog about but now, right. so, yeah. now you're doing eroticon. I mean, it's not like you just started five seconds ago. You've been doing it for a little bit. And that's yeah. big so, and different. Right. So eroticon was um, first came about in, I want to say, 2012, I think was the first one. Um, and it was run then by a lady called um, Ruby Cadell. And it was down in a little town um in the uk if you're from america called um bristol and i went to the first one i was a speaker at the first one and it was an amazing experience i had the best time mainly because i got to spend the weekend with a load of other sex bloggers um and made amazing friendships and it was just like 
the fun that you have like on Twitter or even like, you know, talking to each other in emails, it was like that, but actually in person with wine and um, coffee or whatever your thing was. So it was amazing. Um, and then I kept going for the, all the years that it was run by Ruby. After quite a few years, she decided she had it had run its course with her. She wasn't didn't want to carry on. It wasn't um, it wasn't part of what she wanted to do anymore. And so myself and my husband Michael and another blogger who I'm sure you've all heard of, Girl on the Net decided to get together and take Eroticon over. So that was in 2017. Well, 2016 was when we officially took it over. But the first one that we ran was Eroticon 2017. Um, and that first year was like a white knuckle ride because we only really got the go-ahead to take it over. Basically, you know, drew up a contract and exchanged money um by the kind of august and yet we wanted to have the next eroticon in the march so we had very short space of time to pull this thing together particularly as we were moving location because it had been in bristol and we wanted to move it to london and so yeah so that first one was just like oh but we did it and now this 2019 will be our third one and so that's how i ended up kind of being the being eroticon well and i was there for your first one because your first one was my first one uh, eroticon uh -huh. 2017 and i went and i was nervous like everybody who goes their first time we're all nervous wrecks and it was funny because it was also the first time i was getting to meet you in person but we had skyped uh -huh. so much and talked so much i you know i felt like i knew you and i have planned events so i knew just in a one day event, how stressful that can be. And so I was like, I really want to talk to Molly, but oh, look at her over there being very, very busy. I'm going to stay the hell out of her way. And while I understood enough to know that you were, you know, you were stressed about it, it was your first official year. There was, I had no clue that you had only had it that amount of time and had basically had that amount of time to plan it. Y'all did such a good job. It's, I, I know that you could name to this day everything that went wrong, but as somebody who went, none of that was seen. None of that was obvious to any of us who were just there and being nervous and going, oh my gosh, I'm at a sex blogging conference. Who knew this could happen? So yeah, that's, I like the fact that your first one was my first one and now I'm an addict and I make the very expensive trip across the Atlantic Ocean in order to go because I'm hooked and I'm hooked on your eroticon. So it's the only, it's my, it's my standard. I don't know what any of the others are like. Mm -hmm. I know these eroticons and I love them. So. Right. I, I just, in case somebody did go to an early one and then has never come back, I think that we have changed it. I think that they're quite different. I mean, we took the idea and the format and the kind of, I guess, the kind of ethos of it, but we've definitely tried to um, professionalise it to um, so change it in that way. So if you have gone to one, perhaps one of the very early ones in Bristol, um, then maybe come back and give us a go in uh, London because it is very different, I think. 
and and I and I vote for that too. Please, 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 please go. This whole thing, quite frankly, is me trying to convince you all that you just need to go to Eroticon. Um, <laughs> so okay, so that's sort of the history. That's where you're at. That's how we got here. Now, I'm definitely gonna. I definitely want to talk about Eroticon 2019 because I know you're in the planning stages right now. But where, like. What's the goal for this? What's your vision for Eroticon, for sex bloggers, for the community? Because with all of the things you do from nearly a decade of sex blogging through your uh, memes and all the things you do, and now into Eroticon, you are absolutely somebody who is working within the community to build it and be a part of it and bring more people in. I mean, everything you do is about that. When people say to me, oh, Kayla, you do these things. I'm like, no, 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 no. Molly Moore makes me look like I'm standing still. And I just want to be Molly Moore when I grow up. Um, so like big picture eroticon and sex bloggers and all of that. What, what do you hope for? What do you see? What's the eventual plan? Where are we going with this? So I think like the biggest picture for me is two things, but they're actually very connected. And that is to professionalize what we do as much as possible in the sense that we should be being paid as much as possible. I don't mean as much as possible as in the amount, but as in you know, where, where, where we provide content for people, that there should be some kind of um, payment system for that. And also to reduce stigma about the fact that we write about sex or whatever you write about within that kind of sex umbrella. Um, so those two things kind of go hand in hand because the more you reduce the stigma of writing about sex or writing about your own sexual experience or even sharing images of yourself, the more you reduce that stigma generally in society, the more likely you are to have companies who are going to be comfortable with paying for what you do, for your skills. So the two kind of go together but they're not like directly like you can't say right well if we manage this one we're going to achieve the other one they kind of like swim around together so i think those are the biggest goals for eroticon really is about as i said try to make that this a professional um situation you know where people can say actually what i do is worth money I can, companies should be paying for me to write for them. Companies should be paying for me to run their social media. Companies should be paying for my photographic skills or, you know, whatever it is you're offering. Um, you should absolutely be able to be in a situation where you can attract sponsors and companies who will work with you. And that has traditionally been quite difficult simply because we write about sex and maybe even are explicit in the way that we do that and so then that's suddenly like oh do we want to work with them bizarrely even sex toy companies who are selling sex toys can have in the past been weirdly kind of a bit tentative about you know using those kinds of people to sell to write for them and stuff so for me it's those two things it's about trying to professionalize we're we are a community of very, I think, very creative people who are doing lots of interesting different things, who are writing content that you really don't find anywhere else because it's very difficult still often to get your stuff published in mainstream media because they're all like scared of sex, um, you know, and you certainly, you know, they'll, I know people who have written for mainstream media, 
and have had their work edited because, for example, we, in fact, we actually had this as a part of an opening panel at Eroticon where um, the mainstream editor had removed the word vulva and changed it and made it the word vagina because they don't like the word vulva in mainstream media. And it's like, but vagina is wrong. It's not your vagina that I was writing about. I was writing specifically. So it's things like that. I think that we can change those things. We can raise awareness. We can make that conversation better and hopefully get people to hire people who have a much better idea about this subject than a lot of people who do write in the mainstream media. Although that is changing, particularly in this country, I think, of late, where the mainstream media does seem to be, the last year or so, kind of being like, actually, we're going to get who really we think really know what they're talking about to write some of this stuff but it's still um it's certainly not fixed <laughs> no it's it's definitely a long process and over here in in the u.s i am just on a personal anecdotal level finding that adult companies are less um uncertain of themselves they really are looking for somebody who has either the experience um the mm -hmm. the provable experience you've got a blog you've written for somebody else um and they're less afraid to to hire for content mainstream it's a little bit more difficult um some of the big um, cosmo and self and glamour and some of these sort of big sites sometimes they get it right and they happen to the person who pitches is a, actually a sex blogger who's also pitching mainstream uh, websites. And so then you get pretty good content and it's not so bad. And then sometimes they still go and they let the, like, the worst absolute person ever write the article because that's who they know. So I, uh, it's, it's a slow change. And I, I love that, that, that is, that is ultimately your mission because I think there's a reason you and I get along so well. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the mission of of smut lancer as well is to make make everybody see this as more professional including the people who do it and who are writing mm -hmm. and who are creating the content or the pictures or anything else um so along those lines of the professionalism i noticed as an attendee and and now as a speaker because i did speak in 2018 um that you have tracks of um sessions depending on what people's interests might be in where their skills may lie but they I, I can absolutely see that professionalism side because everything is about doing what we do better or in a way we haven't maybe mm -hmm. thought of so let's get a little bit into 2019 because hopefully if you're listening to the sound of our voices right now you're gonna consider coming to uh, London in Eroticon and saying hi to all of us because we're totally going to be there. Um, so what is tentatively, I know that you're still in the planning stages, what's kind of on track for 2019? What kind of sessions will we maybe see? Um, what are the goals for the 2019 program? Will there be separate tracks? I'm asking lots of questions all in one. Just tell us you about are. 2019, Molly. Just tell okay. us. Okay. So uh, just uh, going back to the track thing, um, we've always tried to kind of have, because, so, we talk about sex bloggers, and, and I'm including those as well, including that in that little umbrella as people who are kind of what I call sex journalists as well. So, are, are kind of one umbrella of people. And then there are the erotic writers, authors. And there's obviously crossover between those groups, but 
there are lots of people, there are definitely a core of people who are interested in perhaps writing their novel or their anthology, their fiction, and they write a blog as a result of that, but their main uh, focus and perhaps source of income is writing novels, fiction, being published. <clears throat> Sorry. And then you have the other group who are writing perhaps more non-fiction, writing blogs, writing articles for other sex toy companies, perhaps mainstream media. So we try to always have uh, sessions that would offer something to both those kind of groups. So if you're really interested in fiction writing, there would be sessions that are very dedicated to fiction writing. If you're interested more in topic-based writing, <clears throat> um, uh, stuff around that, those subjects, there would be sessions those. So those were kind of the two tracks, really, um, that we always had in mind. But over the years, what we have realised is that there's massive crossover, really huge crossover. And people who come as erotic writers, who are perhaps writing novels and that's their main income source, are going to these other sessions absolutely fascinated and going, oh, I'm going to pitch an article to so-and-so. Um, and vice versa, people who are doing that are going to the erotic writer sessions going, oh, I'm going to write a novel. Um, so as a result, it's got... I'd say a little bit more blurred as a result of that because that because it became obvious very quickly that actually they weren't as separate from each other for many people as perhaps they'd been in the past. I think maybe in the past they had been more separate and I think perhaps that the genre has changed. I think as potentially perhaps novel writing has become less lucrative maybe as well that people have changed how they want to write and how they're delivering their content. You know, we've got, you've got people who are writing novels, but they're doing it on um, some kind of like, something like Patron, Patron. So yes, they're writing a novel, but they're doing it there a chapter a week. They're not doing it through traditional publishing. So I think how we do things has changed. And as a result, I think the sessions at Eroticon have changed and um, become a little bit more I think that line has become more blurred um, 2019 let's see well today I just spent a very uh, nice afternoon sending out emails to people who've uh, put in speaker proposals um, so until I get some of those back with absolute confirmation I, I'm not going to say a huge amount but the schedule we are hoping will be published or the outline schedule, because we always say it's an outline schedule right up until a couple of weeks before, because people, things change. But an outline schedule, I would like to see up within, certainly by the middle of next month. So then that will be, you can then go online and you'll be able to see a pretty good idea of pretty much everything that's going to take place and who's going to be speaking. One of the other things that we've tried to do as well is to change make sure that we have new and different speakers every year because I think it would be very easy to be like well we had these speakers last year they were all brilliant let's kind of just do that again um, and I think if you're going to keep bringing people back to Eroticon and it's going to evolve and be relevant then I think that that needs to change so we definitely have some new people speaking this year who have not spoken before uh, muddled in with some people who have spoken before 
uh, including yourself, as you well know, because you just got your email this afternoon. I didn't. So, I only squeed a little bit in privacy where nobody could hear me. I was out in public when I read my email and I went, OMG, yay. And then I was like, oh, wait, people can see me. Put your vanilla face back on. <laughs> So we have quite a few international speakers this year, I think. If I, we have you and um, somebody coming from the Southern Hemisphere oh. and somebody who is from Europe, so, out, so not in the UK. Um, and I think at the moment we have three Americans. I'm hoping that there's going to be four, but somebody, I'm waiting for somebody to get back to me. So I think that's really important as well, having those kind of different voices from different um, countries where maybe their experiences are slightly different. Um, I think particularly kind of America versus Europe kind of thing, um, as we've discussed many times before, there is, it, it is different. There is a lot of similarities, but there's also differences in how you can, um, make income and what people expect and you know what different companies in those different places want from people so yeah I think that you know hopefully bringing in those different voices is a good thing so yeah so I haven't given a lot away there I know I haven't I, I don't I won't I wouldn't want to kind of say these people are definitely going to be there and then actually they're not going to be there so you're going to have to be a tiny bit patient and come back I, hoping that by next week, a lot of these people will be up on the speaker page, although you won't be able to see the schedule yet and exactly what they're talking about, but you will know that there are speakers there. And there are already some speakers on that page that we have Exposing 40, who will be doing the photography workshop this year because I've decided to take a step back from that. I've always done it in the past, mainly because people have always said, oh, you should do it, you should do it, and because of the photography that I do, but again, with that view in mind of, I think it's really important to have different voices, different people's experiences, different people's skills. Um, and Exposing 40 is an exceptional photographer um, with, I know in a kind of professional background that is slightly related. Um, and so I thought she would be an excellent person. So I asked her and she was delighted. So I'm really excited that she's gonna be doing that session. Um, I'm kind of like really looking forward to going to it myself actually because it's <laughs> nice for someone else to do that subject for once and see what that inspires in me as well because you always learn something from somebody else. Um, so she's up on the speaker page already. Um, Emily um, Jacob who will be doing a session. Um, she actually um, does stuff to do with recovering um, after sexual assault. And so she will be doing a session that's to do with that and kind of the um, idea of like, right, kind of what she called rape myths in fiction. So that I think will be um, a really interesting different session. Um, but I know because of the subject matter, for some people, it will just be not something that they don't want to go to. But I, but for others, it will be really fascinating. And who's the other person up on the um, KJB, who's an erotic author, um, who will be doing a kind of writing session, um, which will be excellent. She's a brilliant author, and she spoke um, at the one of the previous, a few times actually, with the previous eroticons in Bristol, and was always brilliant. So we've invited her to come up to London, 
and then um, an academic who actually on Twitter is called Going Medieval and her area of interest is med medieval and sex and bodies and particularly women and medieval. So she's actually doing two sessions because when I contacted her she got very excited and sent me lots of ideas and I had to just sadly actually only pick two of them because um, there's just not enough room but I was like will you do two one on each day she was like yes so um, I'm quite excited about those I think they're going to be different interesting I think they really get people thinking um, so yeah so those are the people who are definitely um, announced and I'm not I think I don't I, I hope I haven't missed anybody I should feel awful if I've missed somebody um, but if not, um, I apologize for that person. And as I said, more to become next week. And we will definitely link that the link to all the current speakers will just the, the, the speaker page on Eroticon will be in the show notes. So you can see. So if you listen to this right when it comes out, you can see everybody that's there already. Do not worry. I'll be getting my information to you as soon as possible, because I like to see my happy, shiny little face on somebody else's <laughs> website. Um, <laughs> But yeah, then you'll be able to see everybody, even if we can't see the schedule yet. And then as soon as the schedule is out, I will be blasting that everywhere too, because there, and you know, even the, just the little bit you're, you're able to share right now, just in my mind shows how much is there, but from the perspective of somebody who has attended and spoken, spoken 2018, going to speak in 2019. I'm already nervous, but it's fine. Um, what I love about it is there are sessions that are technical in nature. Here's how to do this thing. Here's how to change this thing. And then there are sessions that are about how to talk about sex and gender and whatever your particular topic is, whether you're writing fiction or nonfiction, in a better, smarter, more responsible way. So in 2017, I sat in on a session about disability and sex and writing about it. And in just the exact right way, this was not some, you know, perfect body, perfect mind person who doesn't actually know they have what they know they've read in a book. This was somebody who lives this life and was and talks about sex for a living anyway and says here let's let let me give you my experience let me talk to you about the people I work with and and their experience and and here's what you need to know and it was a small enough session that I, we could ask questions and that's where I learned from somebody who is in this community who has a in in that person's case a physical disability and I said I don't feel right writing about this because I don't have the experience now everybody in a given community has their own opinion on this but this person said to me you don't have to have the experience necessary necessarily but we would love to see ourselves and we all regardless of what our bodies can do and what our minds do experience this on some level so write it maybe write it imperfectly but don't don't erase us because you're afraid to write it. And that, mm -hmm. that was huge. That was, that was getting somebody who's in the community telling me what they thought. Now, granted, other people in the community might have a different opinion about that. But that was, that was a huge moment. I walked out of that session with my eyes wide open. I'm not even writing fiction 
almost ever anymore. And even I went, okay, I, I feel a little bit better about this. So, and then you have, last year there was a session I didn't get to go to. Oh gosh, it was a very popular sex blogger person on the internet and I can't think of her name. But there were several sessions like that where we were talking about race and sex or gender and sex. And you at Eroticon, all of y'all do a very good job of actually getting the people who live the experience to come and talk about it. And in an, right. in an open in an open way so that we can ask questions in, in a non-judgy, non, oh, am I even allowed to ask this question? Like, this is the time to ask the question. You've got the person right there in front of you teaching you something. Right, right. And so one of the sessions I, I'm gonna slip in here a little bit because I think it's relevant that we're pretty confident it's gonna happen in 2019 is a session about um, being, um, in this case, the person, people doing the session are actually um, porn performers. Um, but the session really is about being doing stuff in the adult industry and being a parent um, and how you kind of combine those two things. So it's about kind of sex positive parenting, but from the point of view of being actually, you know, I mean, there's sex positive parenting and then you go out to work and are a whatever teacher or whatever. But then, you know, how do you deal with that when actually not only are you trying to do sex positive parenting, but you are actually a sex blogger, a porn star. Uh, you know, whatever. So I'm quite excited about that session, actually. I think it's going to be, I'm, there's a lot of people who are parents um, in this genre. Um, and actually quite a lot of people at the moment who are new parents as well. So hopefully that will be really relevant to people who are perhaps just kind of starting out on that road. Some of us are almost at the end of the sex positive, sex positive parenting road and seem to have done okay but there are other people who are just at the beginning of it um so yeah so that's the kind of session where you know it's really important to have people who are parents and who do stuff in this industry so understand that you know stigma that is attached to you know what it's like to be a sex blogger or to be a porn star or you know whatever your thing is whereas you know there's no point in getting somebody in who perhaps knows the theory of it but has not experienced it Right, exactly. And I just, I know every year y'all are working really hard to improve. And like I said at the very beginning, every quote problem that you see, none of us are seeing them, but you can still to this day, you can list them all. I know you can. Um, but it, what I have found in just the two years is as good as 2017 was to me, 2018 was even better. So every year, you know, and I think part of that is obviously y'all getting better at it because you're doing it more but i think it i think your your goal that you talked about at the beginning is is happening that it is being seen as this professional thing and people are saying oh wait i i can be involved and i can share what i know and i can reach people who are doing this work and so therefore i can affect change on a greater level and i th i think it is it's amazing and that's just the sessions. And so we have focused very heavily on the sessions because the, the sessions are, are, you know, that's kind of what you go for. You're there all day long on Saturday and Sunday and you're learning stuff. But then there's that whole, and you talked about it um, when you're talking about your own experience with it, the going there and being around other people who do what you do. That in 2017, that was the moment I pretty much told myself, if I have to go broke every year in March to go to London, I think I will. <laughs> 
because that was the first time in I'm a couple years behind doing blogging. I'm coming up on my seventh, sixth year, sixth year right now. Um, I got to be Kayla Lords for a solid weekend, you know, and I got to, to openly talk about these things that most of us are just tweeting about with each other or we're emailing or, you know, a minor child walks through the room. You go, oh, let's speak in code. Um, but that is that to me is the part of Eroticon that there's almost no way to um, sell it or express it unless you've been there. And the sheer joy of being who you are for the whole weekend. Uh-huh. How, since you used to go and attend and speak and now you're organizing it, are you, have you seen how have people, do people truly, like I would imagine they do, do they sort of blossom after this? Do they change? Does it change people when they get to go in the way that I believe it changes them, but I don't get to see from year to year? I think so. I mean, even from my own experience, when I went all those years ago to the original Eroticon, it definitely changed me. I went away from that feeling validated and like I had something to offer and that what I was doing wasn't just some kind of ridiculous hobby that I should be ashamed of almost. Um, and that there could it, it could be more and that I was doing something valuable and interesting and that I should be proud of that. Um, And I think that that's an experience that I have heard many people talk about. I know Girl on the Net says exactly the same thing. She also attended um, some of the eroticons in Bristol and she said the very first one she went to completely changed um, her life really because after that, um, that got her to a place where she then gave up her job and became girl on the net all the time. And that's how she earns her living. Um, And she's always said that she probably would never have done that without going to Roticon, how that gave her that, um, one, gave her connections that she'd never had before. um, And two, also gave her that belief that there was, you know, this was worth, she was something that she could do and achieve. Um, So that's definitely been the case. And also I think seeing it now as the organizer, one of the things I see is that people will come often as an attendee one year or two years and then they start to step put in session proposals and that's also how you're seeing that cycle because they're actually coming to eroticon and learning and going away and then going you know what i know a thing i could teach a thing or i think this subject's really important and we should all talk about this and so that's a wonderful thing to see as well because i'm pretty sure that there's a fair proportion of those people who never would have dreamt that they would do that you know, when before they ever came to Roticon, um, they were probably nervous about even just coming to Roticon. And if you'd said to them in two years' time you'll be a speaker, um, I'm pretty sure they'd have told you that you were crazy. So, you know, and now there they are sending me session proposals, um, and I love that. I love seeing that because I that's part of what Eroticon's meant to be about, that people come and learn and go away and take what they've learned and build something more and come back and go, oh, now this is what I've done. Um, And that's absolutely what it's meant to be about. Um, It's really a kind of community project in that sense. It's meant to be skill sharing. It's meant to be knowledge sharing. Um, And so seeing those people going away, building their own skills and knowledge and then bringing them back to the conference in the future uh, is a brilliant thing. 
I would absolutely agree. I was I was sitting here thinking about how I can hear people in my head that I know and they're like, oh, well, it's people who are experienced that are going or it's only new people. And it is all of us across the spectrum. I walked in having been blogging for five years, feeling like I kind of knew some stuff. I was a freelance writer. Okay. And I walked out of my first one having learned things, having learned lots of things, you know, new ways of doing things I had already always done. I watched people who would sit in a session or sit around in the, the break area and say, I've only been doing this, you know, six months a year. Who am I? And they would walk out going, hey, I knew about that thing that that yeah. session speaker was talking about. Wait, maybe I know more than I really do. And it's the kind of the great equalizer, because no matter where you're at in the spectrum of how long you've been doing this, how what your skills level is, there's something new to learn. Even if it is just making the connection with the industry people who are there, the brands who show up, the sponsors. Um, that, my first year, I was too shy, I was too nervous. I talked only to the, the vendors I already had known for a while and could say, okay, I know what we can talk about because I've emailed you before, so that's fine. And then last year I spent an entire day just wandering the halls talking to vendors because I was like, oh, I can do this now. Um, and that even over the course of a year is has grown a bit, it felt like. I mean, it was like the entire hallway was taken up with brands and sites and companies. Let's let's talk a little bit about that. I'm, I know you've got some sponsors. I've seen some sponsor love yeah. online. Uh, tell us some more about that. So, and I wanted to actually, I was going to mention that a little bit before we talked about, the, uh, you know, connections and people coming, but that's one of the things, part of kind of professionalizing Eroticon and bringing those two communities together, the brands, um, whatever those brands might be, whether they're selling sex toys or whether they're actually commercial websites, um, and bringing those in and bringing these two communities together because that's where you then get the situation where people can turn this into um, something where they can make money. So you have to bring those two people together. Um, otherwise, you're kind of, you need that connection. And so in what's been really fascinating, how I do feel like we're achieving something is that in our first year, we certainly, we had, we had, I want to say we had five sponsors in the first year, five companies. Um, and as you said, they were just down that first little hallway um and it was lovely and they we couldn't have done it without them we absolutely couldn't have done it without them it was brilliant but last year our second year we had five six seven we had eight sponsors actually that's not true because we had sheets in the in the coffee room we had nine sponsors and we had those all signed up and sorted in the autumn and at Christmas, I had companies emailing me and I was having to turn them away. And um, that was quite a few companies. So we had gone from having to pitch hard the companies to get them there to being having to say, we don't have any space left. We don't have any space left. We don't have any space left over and over again. And that was a huge, I think, boost for all of us that our idea that our belief that you can bring these two together and they can work in a mutually beneficial way is right that they totally can so 
the sponsors are hugely important to Eroticon, um, particularly because without them, we couldn't run Eroticon. The cost of um, the event is huge. Just the venue, which is in um, central London, just the cost of the venue without even buying anybody's lunch <laughs> is a eye-watering sum of money. Um, and if we didn't have any sponsors, we the ticket price would have to be somewhere probably around the £300 mark. And then we would only break even. So that's how much they're subsidising the ticket already. And also remember, that's literally just for the venue. We haven't yet included the cost of lunches, the venue for the Friday night, the venue for the Saturday night, uh, the goodie bags, the brochure that has to be printed, the lanyards, um, the plastic pouches for the lanyards. So all that has to be paid for. And then, of course, it, this none of this gets organised without actually people putting in time. And it's a lot of time. And we essentially are almost giving our time to Eroticon. Um, and certainly, if we had no sponsors and tickets were £300 a person, that I doubt we could afford a Friday night and Saturday night venue with that. So... The sponsors are there for so many... They they facilitate Eroticon in a way that we can't thank them enough for. And I always hope that they... I mean, they obviously feel like they're getting value for money because they keep coming back. But they're super important to this community and they're super important to the event. And so I'm always hopeful that delegates really embrace them because they've come along because they believe in this community, because they want to work with you. They want to be part of what you do. Otherwise, they wouldn't come there. They know what the what it's about. So, you know, it's so important that delegates foster those relationships, particularly over that weekend, and spend time with them and kind of give them a bit of promotion uh, because essentially they're um, facilitating this event to happen in a way that it wouldn't be able to without them. Um, so, so far this year, we have four well four that i absolutely can tell you about because they're already up on the website um doxy of course who has been part of eroticon for a long time now has always been hugely supportive um and every year when we say do you want, do you want to do it again next year they go yes and we're like oh my god really um so yes a brilliant amazing doxy who i have to say last year i had the most amazing foresight which actually is just called fluke because they bought woolly winter hats uh, as some of their giveaway stuff and amazingly in the middle of march it snowed in london which never happens and everyone was so delighted with their bloody doxy hat because we were all freezing um so that was a genius move on their part that they could not have known about um so I don't know what they're going to bring this year, but they excelled themselves. Um, Hot Octopus, who've also been part of Eroticon for a very long time. They are a local company to the area, to Camden, where um, the event takes place. And they've also been just amazing. So supportive. They're so involved with this community. Um, 
and with the work that they're doing um, with their own campaign, Sex Not Stigma. Um, so they've been brilliant and we absolutely love them and they come and bring their stuff and everybody loves their stuff. Um, Electrostim, who are coming back again, they came last year for the first time um, and I think got a lot, a lot of people interested. It's a, so electric, electro, electro play, electro play equipment is what they do, um, which I think is a area of increasing interest for a lot of people, but obviously it's one of those things that a lot of people were interested in doing and trying, but have never actually seen. Um, so that was a great new sponsor last year and we're really excited and delighted that they're going to come back and join us again in 2019 and then we have temptation holidays who will be new in 2019 and um they're an exciting and kind of very different um company situation that we've ever had in the past usually our sponsors as i said have been sex toy manufacturers makers companies or they have been commercial website brands um so this a holiday company who actually obviously do adult holidays is a completely new um type of sponsor i sadly i suspect we're not all going to get a free temptation holiday out of it which is a damn a bit of a bugger i was hoping that they might send me on a cruise i don't think that's going to happen but um <laughs> It's going to be lovely to have them there, and I think it's going to be really cool and interesting and new company um, to to kind of bring into that community and see, you know, how people can work together. But there are more in the pipeline um, that will be announced again, hopefully within the next couple of weeks. Um, at least three I can think of. So, but you're going to have to keep checking out the old sponsors. But they are an absolutely key part of Roticon, and they definitely make a, an interesting part of Roticon. They put cool and interesting, fun things in your goodie bags. You go away with things that... I mean, all the stuff in the goodie bags. Imagine the cost of us providing that if we didn't have sponsors, and we then had to pay for... You know, whereas actually it's you know the sponsors who bring the notebooks or bring you a mug or you know bring you free condoms or whatever it is they decide to put in the goodie bag. I can't imagine that it would be so cost prohibitive without their amazing generosity. What I have always loved about the sponsors, I have to say, I still have a goodie bag filled with goodies. We came back mm -hmm. from Eroticon 2018 and just hit the ground running and I went, I really need to go look through my goodie bag and it is still sitting there filled with stuff. It's a little bit like a treasure chest though. You you start pulling things out and you're like, oh, look, I have this. Oh, look, I'm positive. I have multiple condoms and at least one mask thing for my face <laughs> on top oh, of yeah. the notebooks and the pens and the pencils and all the things you actually end up needing while you're there, quite frankly. Right. Um, uh, do you know, are you saying that you didn't need the nipple pasties? I like, haven't I had totally a, needed those. I haven't had a chance to even put them on yet. <laughs> uh, oh my God. They were great. They were great. So many people were like, oh my God, I got glittery <laughs> boobs out of it. And I love decorating my boobs. So really I, I need to just sit down and go through my, my goodie bag. But it is like having Christmas uh, multiple months later. <laughs> You can yeah. revisit and go, look at all this fun stuff I got. But my favorite part, and I, like I said, I didn't really get to experience it in 2017. I was personally just way too nervous. And for everybody out there thinking, I would be too nervous to go to this thing. All of us who go to Eroticon are very nervous at first. 
every single one of us. Molly included, just raising her hand over there. (laughs) Right? I'm running this thing and I'm terrified as well. So you're not on your own. No, you're not. And, And I think that's the hardest part for most of us to remember is, wait, I'm terrified. Somebody else will be terrified too. And yes, that is true. The, so my first year I didn't really get to do it, but last year it was amazing to just walk through and talk to the sponsors. So some were just personal and they were happy to tell, to talk about what they were doing and what the purpose is and how they want to work with sex bloggers and sex journalists and writers and, you know, how you can partner with them and what they have available. And, and they were also what I loved open to ideas from us we they would talk about a thing they were doing and we would ask a question like well are you going to include erotic fiction are you going to include this kind of thing and they might say oh i hadn't thought about that and then you'd have a 10 minute conversation where you could potentially influence this company to do better than they were already doing and then the other part i had been very unsure about electra <laughs> electricity play and electristim i knew they were probably a lovely company but i wasn't sure how i felt about electricity in my sex toys and then they did a demo and i spent 20 minutes just talking to the rep but then i got to actually hold some things and see how they work and john brownstone and i walked away from that encounter going we really need to look more into this because this is amazing and that, mm-hmm. and that again, on top of everything else, so you've got all the sessions, you've got being around people who do what you do. You've got these sponsors who are making it happen and offering good things. And some might be selling product, but maybe they'll have a sale or a discount because you talk to them at Eroticon. And then Sunday afternoon was demo time. And Saturday. there was so much there. <laughs> Saturday, Saturday afternoon. Was it Saturday afternoon? Oh my gosh! Yeah. See, I'm You're so, so confused. Yeah, but and either that, way, you know that's that's a really cool thing. I love that thing, and I think that that's another like little um, special little thing about Eroticon that um this year as well. Or yes, this year. I was. It's very confusing because you're like organising it this year for next year and. I feel like we're on to next year already, but it's not. And anyway, we had the um, Mac Tire who came with his back bed and the back cube, um, which was, again, something that um, Mac Tire is actually a friend of ours, so I had seen it many times before. But I knew that for a lot of people, it would be something they had nev- probably never experienced and possibly never even seen. And I was right about that, and so many people were either a had a good time or also a lot of people have said to me in the past i wasn't brave enough to go in that cube but if they come back i'm gonna go in next time so in case you're wondering in case you are that person who said that to me you're now going to have to do it (laughs) because they are indeed coming back again Mm. and so the vac bed and the vac cube will be there um on the Saturday afternoon. So whoever those people were who said I wasn't brave enough, but I wish I had been, 2019 is going to be your moment. And we also have uh, in the kink in that little session on the Saturday afternoon, um, Mr. Griffin, um, Griff, who again friend of ours who I've known for a long time, who came to 2017 and did a branding session which was very popular. Sadly, he couldn't come last year because he was in the process of reproducing. 
um, in, in making little griffs. Right, he's on griff number two, baby griff number two, right? Right, so there are now two, um, two griffettes, uh, mini griffs. Um, and so when I contacted him and said, do you think maybe you would come again for 2019? He said, yes. So there will be branding again, again for all those people who were like, "I wasn't brave enough. I wish it would come. I wish it would come back. It's coming back." <laughs> so, um, and then also I know I also forgot to mention was Kinkcroft, who have been eroticon champions. Like you cannot believe, they have been amazing over the years. Um, they are coming back again, which they weren't sure about because they're actually kind of changing their business and, and where their focus is within their business. So they weren't sure if they were going to, but they've just let us know just recently that they are coming back. And so if you come to Eroticon, you will also have a craft session where you will get to make something fabulous with Kinkcraft. Uh, I think in the past it's always been mini floggers, but I know they do do other things as well. So we'll see. Um, but it's always been hugely popular um, and a great time for a lot of people to make social connections because you're basically all just sitting around d making a flogger and you're kind of basically having a chat, cup of tea. And the next thing you know, you're sitting next to your blogging hero that you didn't realize was that person because you've only just looked at their badge and suddenly you're sitting making a flogger together. So, yeah, I should have mentioned Kinkcraft because... They've been amazing, and I'm really excited that they're coming back again. I am very excited, too. I spent an entire morning making all of the things that they were offering uh, for the 2018 session because I love Andrew and Pixie, and I'm I'm friends with them, too, and I've worked with them. And um, I can confirm that the crafting session, the making of things, first of all, I am all thumbs. I do not make things. I write things. That is what I do. <laughs> and so there were many times Andrew would have to take it out of my hand and go, give me this thing. What have you done? I've basically tied knots. Um, so they walk you <laughs> through it. But we spent, both John Brownstone and I spent a lovely like three hours in there. People are going, have you gone to this session? Oh, uh, no, I have made a collar. I have made cuffs. <laughs> I made a flogger. I made all these things. I was having a good time in here. Um, and it is actually, if you ever have a moment where you want to do something and feel like you're doing something at a eroticon, but you kind of need to get away from mm -hmm. all of the people, it's a great place to just sit yeah. because you get into conversations and it starts out that you're talking about the toy that you're making and then the next thing you know you're talking about um a whole bunch of other things candy snatch put it best she said this is the best hen party i've ever been to we just sit around and talk all day and make these things and i thought yes yes that that is actually perfect that is exactly what this is um right so it, yeah that and kinkcraft in general they are amazing and so i'm very happy to know that they're coming back because i knew there had been a question about that um yeah. speaking of um getting some quiet time one of the other things mm -hmm. that y'all have done very well at eroticon is thinking about all the different types of people who might come mm -hmm. and what their needs might be um yeah. without sort of having to make people think about it too much and just let them exist and and work within the the whole weekend to have what they need will you talk about some of the different accommodations and the things y'all do so mm -hmm. people if, if this is you and you're thinking yeah i can't go to this because they won't have you know wide enough doorways or they won't have mm -hmm. a facility i need go ahead and talk about that so people know what you you guys do 
So when we took over Eroticon, one of our absolute like core aims was that this would be an event that was accessible in the broadest sense of that word that we could achieve. Um, we had no idea, actually, how we had made it super difficult for ourselves by having that, having that aim. Not that we regret doing that, but finding an accessible venue was like trying to find a needle in a haystack. Um, particularly an accessible venue that when you mentioned the word sex didn't shove you out the door and said goodbye. Um, so that was one of the biggest struggles we had in the first year and why it was so difficult because we took over this event with no venue in place and trying to find a venue in London that was A, accessible, B, even vaguely in our budget, like dream budget, and C, was happy with the content of Eroticon, it was like three black marks against the sit before we even got anywhere. Um, uh, luckily, we found Arlington House, who have been amazing. I don't know how we would do it without them. They, right from the beginning, when we said, look, this is what we do, they were like, really? How exciting! <laughs> uh, which was so refreshing, because other places had basically been either no, or they don't say no, they just make it really difficult to say yes. So there's a reason, some bizarre reason they make up why they can't do it. Um, but Arlington were completely different. They were like, this is so exciting. I can't wait. I'm, we're all so excited. Um, and they amazingly, we walked in there. The first time we went to visit it, we were like, this, this is what we've been looking for because they are a fully accessible venue. So they have both a lift and a wheelchair lift on the stairs. So either way you can get down because the conference section is in the lower level. But it has all been designed to be completely accessible. So it is accessible for people who are um, using a wheelchair um, and or just if you were perhaps using a stick or crutches or anything like that, there's a lift straight downstairs. There's no stairs after that. You'll be absolutely fine. Um, wide corridors, wide doorways, accessible toilets. Um, one of the things that we do, they, their toilets actually, Arlington do say men and women, but we cover those signs up and just have gender neutral bathrooms. So you just pick the bathroom you want to go in. There is no men's and ladies, um, but that's just something that we do. And Arlington are happy for us to do. Again, a great venue who have totally facilitated what we wanted to do. When we said, can we cover up that? You know, we don't want men, women bathrooms just anybody can use any bathroom they were like okay fine do what you want to do um and last year well we had originally the very first year there we obviously had the tea and coffee area and then that kind of little overflow room there where you can just go and sit out a session if you want um to relax and whatever but there were some people who had mentioned that sometimes it can be um, that they need more than that. They need more of a quiet space. They actually need to get into a space that's almost kind of low lighting, that is um, silent or as quiet as can be, um, who need those times where they can just step out of the of the environment. 
So last year we actually asked Arlington if they could magically find us another room. <laughs> the fact that we weren't using enough already. Um, and amazingly, they they were like, well, there's this room, which is like, um, you could use it, but do you want this room? Um, and we were like, yes, we'll use that room. And we bought in some soft um, furnishings, just some bean bags and um, blankets and stuff like that. And we put in a couple of lamps and turned off all the overhead lights. And so it was a completely silent space. Um, it's not a space for you to go and socialize. It's not a space for you to kind of go and hang out with other people. It is literally a retreat space if you are overwhelmed and you need a kind of darker, low lighting, quiet space to zone out. That That's what that was for. And we had two or three people who were like, that space was amazing. It absolutely saved me. I, I need that um, to happen. So I'm hoping, I'm sure, because Arlington seemed to just be like, yes, you could do a thing, um, that they will be happy for us to just, yes, do a thing again next year but so yes so it's been really important to us that the conference is accessible in as many ways as possible not just for people who have physical disabilities but as we said maybe for those people who have a um disability with being with people all day long and so they need that space to go to and also with regards to just um having people from different marginalized communities which is something that we've tried really hard to do it's surprisingly difficult simply because there's just not enough people representing those marginalized communities in the sex world um so and actually there seems to be more of them in america but obviously for a lot of people it is cost prohibitive for them to come to the uk in order to speak so you know we have tried to have just to have that kind of representation within the speakers as well of people who perhaps as you said before and again this year we will be having somebody speaking who is not an able-bodied person um to have people of color represented people of different sexuality people of different genders or no gender at all um which is why we have the pronoun on your on your delegate badge so that there's a space for you to fill in your preferred pronouns which was also another kind of aspect of making the conference accessible where we were saying you know we're not assuming that anybody is she or he that you it's up to you to decide you can write if you're she you can write that on if you're they um and so that was another part of that aim and i hope that we keep continuing to do that and um try to change those things bit by bit but it is finding the speakers is actually has been challenging in that sense but i think we're doing an okay job i you're growing every year so hopefully as time goes on more more bloggers will come up a little bit and do a little bit better from the knowledge maybe they even gain on the periphery and then they hopefully can attend but you also in the past have done I don't know if you call it a scholarship or some kind of little fund yeah. to try and get people who can't afford a ticket the opportunity yes. to go. Yes, yeah, so making it financially accessible is the, probably the trickiest one of all because sadly, Eroticon uh, at Arlington House and the other venues, despite being amazing, are refused to do it for free. Um, and if they did, obviously, it would be much easier to make it financially accessible. But sadly, it costs a lot of money and we have to pay somebody. Um, 
So the very first year, we actually ticket prices were more expensive than they are now because our goal has always been to try to reduce ticket prices. And we have managed to do that after the very first year when we had enough sponsors and then we had all these sponsors sign up again. We were like, right, we're going to reduce the ticket price, which we've done. This year, we've kept them the same as last year's. So we will see where we go. If we continue in that trend, maybe 2020, we could reduce those prices again, which would be brilliant. Um, we do have early bird tickets if you're hot off the mark. Sadly, those are all gone now. They've all been sold where they are cheaper than the others. We also have an instalment plan. So if you want to come and you can't afford the ticket price in one go, but you could afford the price overall, you can sign up for the instalment plan where you pay three separate payments over the course of the time between when you start and the conference. Um, so you basically split the cost of your ticket um, over you know a period of however long that is. And then, as you said, we have the pool tickets. Pool tickets are funded um, by various different methods. So when you buy your ticket, if you're buying a normal price ticket, there is an option to donate some money to the pool. So some people who buy a ticket to Eroticon, who obviously have that extra income, will put money, will add that donation. And those donations all add up to cover however many tickets they add up to. So that's one way. Companies also donate into the pool often. And any, so we've had in the past, again, companies who sponsor get a certain amount of tickets to bring their um, to bring their people with them. But often they have more tickets than people they want to bring. And so quite often companies have put the value of those tickets into the pool. Once we get to about January, February, we tot up how much money that is. And we then have an open application for people to apply for a pool ticket. A pool ticket is only ever a day ticket. We did that because we wanted to give as many as possible. If we gave full weekend tickets, yes, that would be lovely. But essentially, if we do them as day tickets, if we've got enough for 10 day tickets, for example, that would actually only be five weekend tickets. And so that's cutting down. We felt like it was more to have more people come rather than less people for more time. So... The pool tickets are out there. People can, you can apply for a pool ticket. We do say, please don't apply for a pool ticket. The point of the pool ticket is for people who have either um, financial difficulty with coming to Eroticon and or complex travel arrangements. So if you were on a tight budget, but you had managed, for example, to be able to decide that you could have paid for a flight, but you're coming all the way from America or wherever we've had people come from New Zealand Australia all over you could potentially say I'm paying an awful lot of money to try to get to the UK I'm going to apply for a pool ticket so that would be a reasonable um, application for a pool ticket as I said or if you're in a financial situation it's absolutely on trust we don't check we, there's no system for us to check and so we hope that people are honest and don't apply for a pool ticket if you can afford a ticket because you are then taking away a ticket from somebody who genuinely couldn't have afforded that ticket. Um, and, like, that's just not a cool thing to do. So please don't apply for a pool ticket if you can afford a ticket. But if you can't, absolutely apply for it, because that it's there for you. 
um, and we want you there. We want to be able to give you that ticket. We work really hard to try to get as much money into the pool as possible so that we can give out as many as possible. I think we gave out, um, I'd have to go back and double check this. I feel like we gave out about seven or eight the first year. And I think last year we gave out, I think like 12 or 10, something like that. So it's definitely getting more each time. Um, and hopefully, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see, but hopefully there'll be more again this year. But yeah, that's a, again, definitely a part of it being accessible. You're making me want it to be March 2019, Molly. <laughs> <laughs> not yet, not yet. I'm I know. Not ready. I know. You're probably like, no, make time, slow down. I have a thing yeah. to plan. <laughs> and I'm over here going, when can I book my London ticket? I'm <laughs> ready to be over there. Oh, you can do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I, I need to. I need to make sure everybody who's supposed to go is on the list and that we are we are set to go. Um, I think. I think that's all I I have. There's so much and there's so much you're going to be putting out. The one thing I would say if you're listening and you're thinking, hmm, maybe I can, maybe I can't. Part of the reason we're talking about this in October 2018 is to give you time to start planning. Um, mm -hmm. I would absolutely say make sure you follow Eroticon on Twitter, if that's where you're at on Twitter, mm -hmm. uh, at Eroticon UK, correct? We'll link in yes. the show notes, so no worries there. But follow them, go to the site, Sign up for email newsletter because every time a new blog post comes out, then a new email comes out and then you'll know the big announcements. Oh, one more thing. I don't want to uh, miss this real quick. Will there be another Eroticon anthology this coming year? Yes, there will. And that is already up and published um, on the website. The theme this time is discovery. Um, so the Eroticon anthology was... Um, an idea born, really, I have to say, between Girl on the Net and Anna Sky. Um, and the idea was to put together an anthology of people who come to Eroticon and that for a lot of people it would be their first time being published and for that potentially maybe for them to make money. So it's a, um, all the authors get a little percentage payout depending on how well the book does. So the more you promote the book, potentially the more money you could make. Um, so we started off with the first one, which was identity, and then last year the topic was truth, and then this year is discovery. All the details for that are already out on the website, but you cannot be in the anthology if you do not come to Eroticon. So that is part of the point of it, is that it's about Eroticon attendees writing for it. However, this year we've opened it up slightly, so if you came in 2018, but are not coming in 2019, for whatever reason, you can still submit something to the 2019 anthology. So we decided to kind of have it rolling over a two year period. So this year's anthology, Discovery, if you had a ticket in 2018, or you have a ticket for 2019, or are planning on having one, then you can submit to the anthology, and then so on, it will go on like that, where there'll be kind of groups in two years section. So, Yes, if you came last year, you could totally submit something, even if you're not coming this year. And if you were wondering, why should I go in 2019? Here you go. Become a published <laughs> author. Submit your story. Get it out submit. there. Get it yeah. in a book. Call yourself yeah. an um, author. Yeah, and we've definitely tried to always... Um, the first year, actually, we had roughly the right amount. But last year, we started to get more submissions than we had space for in the book. And so we definitely are looking 
to pick authors that have never been published before you may well we would try to you know look for those people over people who are an established author no offense to those people who are an established author but you've already this is an opportunity for people that they've maybe never had before and that's part of what eroticon is about is giving people those experiences so if you didn't put something in because you didn't think you were good enough or you didn't think you were a writer or whatever then you totally should put something in and just one other thing I want to say, I'm here talking about Eroticon, like Eroticon is all me, but Eroticon is hugely a team effort and it couldn't happen without the team. And that's not just us. Obviously there's me and my husband, Michael, and Girl on the Net. Although this year Girl on the Net is having a sabbatical. So she will be there at the conference, but she's not doing any of the prep work with us. Um, but she is still very much part of the team and we couldn't manage without her and she is amazing. So yes, there's the three of us, but the team is kind of bigger than that. I should also mention Anna Skye, who does that. She publishes and edits the anthology um, along with Zach Jane Keir. I should also imagine, I have mentioned them, but Arlington House, we couldn't do it without them. They are brilliant. The Holiday Inn in Camden have been so far... Um, also really good so um the ambassadors who are people who are delegates who we have asked to look out for new people and be a kind of point of reference because it's very difficult for us to look after everybody there's only so many of us um and last year that was subby and candy snatch um and they will be being ambassadors again next year as well in 2019 um so it's people like that who make all the difference and of course the people who come and speak because we can't afford to pay the speakers again i wish we could <laughs> it would be amazing but we can't so speakers are giving their time um it for free essentially and so without all those people that that whole giant team there would be no eroticon so yes i get to be the person speaking but eroticon is way more than just me and you're just reminding me why i love you molly because some people would go, oh, yeah, I do this thing. And you're like, no, 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 no. I don't do this thing on my own. I do this thing with help. And yes, it is It is a, a magnificent production to watch. It is fun to watch Molly Moore and Michael just have a conversation. If you think John Brownstone and I are some kind of way, no, no, no. Y'all are the British version, <laughs> quite frankly. And it is, it's hilarious. Um, and so, yeah, I... I love you. <laughs> I love Eroticon and I love you. And I'm glad that we've gotten to talk about it um, with people maybe who have heard about it and gone, yeah, but from what I, there are other, there are other programs in the States that are amazing and do amazing things. But what, when I've compared and I've had to think, where am I going to spend my time and where am I going to spend my money and what gets my attention for me? It's, Eroticon, as hard as it is to, you know, cross an ocean to spend a few uh -huh. days in London, it is absolutely worth it because it is the only event I've seen where you're focusing on not just talking about sex or the politics of sex and gender, which are important topics, but the mechanics of what we do and helping uh -huh. all of us who create, whether we're writing fiction or nonfiction, whether we're journalists or photographers or we're selling products or whatever it is we're trying to do out there to be uh, smut lancers, hello, um, 
that's this is probably the only professional conference that's trying to help us be better at that part of it too to be smarter to be more inclusive to understand things better so we can talk about them better but also how to actually do the thing and make some money doing it and i am a super fan of eroticon and i will just keep selling it to anybody who wants to listen to me i'll just keep creating platforms across the internet for more opportunities to talk about it but i am so grateful that you could actually do the talking from the perspective of a person who's making it happen because i can fangirl and gush all over the place but i will not remember those details or and just listening to you has reminded me of what i love about it i've been to many professional conferences in other industries and they did some good things but nobody thought about it in the way that y'all have because y'all do this too you know what you've needed and so you're helping us get what we all need and we all rise together we all do better when we when it's all of us and it's not just each of us individually doing our own thing and ignoring everybody else and this is the absolute pinnacle of the community getting to come together and hopefully each year more and more people will come and hopefully each year it'll be even more accessible financially and in other ways and we can it can keep growing and i cannot wait to watch it happen have every faith that it will well if we had our dream long term we have talked on a number of occasions about having an eroticon usa but um it's there in the back of our heads it's something we would like to achieve in the future um it's just logistically a bit bigger and so we need to be in a financial position where we could be like actually we can do this so that's definitely one thing we would like to do and the other area that i think we would like to feel that we could grow into or or represent better is perhaps people who are in the kind of sex worker genre too because there's quite a crossover there too between sex writing blogging all those kinds of things and so um the kind of sex worker genre as well who a lot of them are also blogging or writing fiction or whatever so that's an area for um more exploration that we would like to see so that we'd like to kind of bring into the conference a bit more however long it takes i have no doubt y'all are going to get there and i'm going to be there and the moment you say we're coming to the states i'll be like i'm your state person what do you need i will be there we will make this happen we will totally make this happen but until then hopefully everybody listening can look around and see hmm, do i have vacation time at my nine to five do i have some travel points somewhere that i haven't used yet how can i get to london because oh my gosh it will take your business and your writing and your creativity to a completely new level. And I say that as a person who it happened to in 2017. Smutlancer would not be born if I had not gone to Eroticon and that I'm, I am a, a massive Eroticon fan and will be forever. Just like I'm a massive Molly Moore fan, cause I love you, cause you're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for talking to all of us uh, today. And um, hopefully this will help people go, no, wait, this is a thing I should totally do. Um, for the record, all of these links are going to be in the show notes, the link to Eroticon, to the speaker page, to the ticket page, to the sponsor page, links to Molly. If you are not following Molly Moore on Twitter, what are you doing with your life? If you have not read her blog, what are you doing with your life? I have to stop myself from making her a prompt at least once a month on Masturbation Monday. Like, just what are you doing? Go follow Molly. Just go and learn from somebody who's been sex blogging for nearly a decade. 
y'all. I have the great hairs to prove. <laughs> uh, they sell stuff for that in jars. You can you can totally hide that. It's fine. It's fine. I pay good <laughs> money every month to hide mine. It's fine. <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to tell the audience before we go? No, I don't think so. I think I've probably warbled on way too long anyway. Um, thank you, Kayla, for having me on and asking me all these fabulous questions about Eroscon. You've actually made me quite excited about it again because I often find myself filled with kind of... Um, anxiety about Eroscon actually um and like this the t really it's basically just this giant massive to-do list that I carry around with me everywhere mainly in my head um that can sometimes make me kind of quite like anxious about the whole thing like you know what am I doing <laughs> so actually just sitting and having a chat about it uh and kind of selling it a bit and remembering how brilliant it is and um what we're actually trying to achieve has been really lovely actually so thank you you are welcome we can do this anytime you need we don't have to record <laughs> it every time but you know i'm good for a skype call <laughs> <laughs> thank you molly you're welcome thanks for listening to the smut lancer podcast with me kayla lords and this week molly moore of eroticon and mollysdailykiss.com if you like what you just heard, please leave a review on your favorite podcast app and check out the blog, past episodes, and other great info at thesmutlancer.com. You can follow The Smut Lancer on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I'm at The Smut Lancer in all three places. Feel free to reach out there or by email at Kayla at thesmutlancer.com with questions or topic suggestions. Thanks for listening, and let's do this again next week. Bye.